Hello everyone! Welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast. Episode number nine, something a bit different for you here today. Yes, we're back again, it's us, the blue bloods of the podcasting world. It is myself, your host, Lord Stephen Duncan Joyce. I'm joined as ever by the man who is no longer a boy, the French aristocrat, it is Jean-Paul Kyle Cambry. Hello and welcome to the show. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing alright. Plodding along as usual. Yeah, same here, pretty much. We'll get right to it then. We were both at the UK Championship Tournament WWE ran the other weekend, live in attendance. It was great fun. There's lots to talk about here, so what we thought we'd do is we're going to have the second day of the tournament up and running and we're going to talk you through it as like a play-by-play slash let's watch thing. So we're going to press play at some point and that's when you can press play and watch along on the network with us so it'll be just like we're in the room with you. Okay, so Cav, you want to do the honours? Play. So Andre the Giant's up on the screen now. And here's the ident, it goes then, now, whatever. Sorry, forever. <laughs> yeah, so night two of the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament. Live from the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, England. Oh, Kyle the Great Boss! Woohoo! Yes. So excited when he came out. <laughs> I marked out because I know you'd mark out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're just this opening video here. They're just running through what happened the previous night, which was January fourteenth, two thousand seventeen. Uh, quick run through of the results. So we actually got a dark match before the show started. It was a tag team match that saw Chris Tyler and Jack Stars beat Ringo Ryan and Tiger Ali. Then in the actual tournament matches that made air, you had Trent Seven defeating H.C. Dyer in five minutes twenty five seconds. Jordan Devlin beat Danny Birch in 8.55. Sam Gradwell beat Saxon Huxley in 6 minutes. Pete Dunne beat Roy Johnson, yeah? Body guy, yeah? <laughs> in 7 minutes 30 seconds. Oh, hang on. We're having a party when the wolf ends! <laughs> that was stuck in my head all throughout the day. Uh, yeah, Wolfgang beat Tyson T-Bone in 6 minutes 20. Joseph Connors beat James Drake in 7 minutes 12. Mark Andrews beat Dan Maloney in 5 minutes 35. And in the main event, Tyler Bate beat Tucker in 10 minutes 34 seconds. Uh, we'll go through those matches in more detail as the guys that progress turn up in their matches coming up. There was also a dark match on this show, so January the 15th, 2017. Uh, Saxon Huxley and Tucker defeated Nathan Cruz and Dan Maloney in a tag team match. Uh, we just reached the point here where they're covering the big closing angle they did on night one. They lined up all the quarter finalists and Pete Dunne went a bit mental. I quite like this. It, it was a little different. Mm. I wasn't expecting this at all. I was expecting them to line it up and then they just shut the show down as that, that was the end. So this was a nice... Nice surprise. Oh, it was a total shock for me. So, like, from my vantage point, night one, I was, like, to the west of the ring, and I was right along the level of the speakers and the stage, so I could hardly see anything from, like, when they were stood on the stage. All I saw was, all I heard was, like, a thud, 
And then I saw Regal's really, really angry face, and then this screen moved and stuff. <laughs> like, okay, so it's kicking off here. But yeah, Pete Dunne basically beat up his opponent, Sam Gradwell, to get the advantage. And they run a little uh, internet exclusive clip as well, where you saw Triple H sort of kind of acknowledge him. Yeah, it was quite uh, quite nice to see. Um, and they also did a bit of a, um, a skit with Regal, saying mm. about how uh, you don't want to ruin this opportunity. Um, it's it's just nice to to show that they they're putting the effort in. You know, it's not just this network exclusive. You know, it, it's much more than that, and it's something they want to put forward. I would say, like as excellent as a cruiserweight classic was. There were very few overarching stories within it, other than perhaps Kendrick's attempt at redemption. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're just introducing the show right now. Our commentary team for the evening are Michael Cole and Nigel McGuinness. This was his debut as a broadcaster for the WWE. They were actually on Blue Peter the Friday before the tournament, and they're wearing their Blue Peter badges! I'm marked out for that, I had to say. That was really strange to see him on Blue Peter and really, <laughs> really weird for Michael Cole because he just seems so excited to be there. Yeah. And it just felt out of place. <laughs> Did you see they had them like commentate on moments from the show? Yeah. <laughs> there was one time, it was like a magic trick and they were like, oh, here's something you'd like to do in your spare time, Nigel. He's wrapping a girl in the curtain. <laughs> That's not PG. Yeah. <laughs> oh... Yeah, they have the, they're just showing the tournament brackets here, and they had the UK Championship belt out with them at ringside as well. What do you make of the look of the belt, by the way, Kyle? I really like the look of it. I think it brings back that traditional, um, the traditional English, um, oh, well, UK look. Mm. Um, part of me, when they announced the belt, I was thinking, is it going to end up being a WWE shiny, shiny? Um, belt that's going to look ridiculous on a, uh, a British wrestler mm. um, but I think that that belt would suit any of the British wrestlers you know that put it on um, yeah I, I quite like the style and I like the lions and it looks good yeah it's very nice to finally have a belt again that has sort of little accoutrements and detail in the main uh, breastplate yeah I think it's a shame they used the WWE title template again yeah that's getting a little bit watered down but still yeah, so they're just running through highlights of, well, the finishes to both men's earlier matches in the tournament. So our opening contest is our opening quarterfinal match. Pete Dunne taking on Sam Gradwell. They showed a clip of Sam Gradwell beating his opponent, Jesus. Sorry, Saxon Huxley. Uh, what did you think of that match, watching it live? Um, live, I was a little disappointed because um, I felt Sam Gradwell should have got a bit more recognition with him being from Blackpool mm. and all the crowd was interested in was chanting Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, you know, it's fine that you get behind a, a superstar that you, you kind of connect to, but, you know, the guy was from Blackpool, you didn't hear anything about him. Yeah. I felt that was a great shame as well. It really sort of distracted you from the match. Like, they, they lost interest really quickly when they realised, oh, this guy looks like Jesus. Um, so... They actually put Saxon Huxley in a dark in the dark match for this night beforehand to try and sort of quell the pro Jesus crowd, but still you got some we want Jesus chance at some point. Um, I mean, the, Gregor had a few half decent moves and strikes, but it didn't really do all that much for me. 
Uh, as for Pete Dunne, he beat the body guy, Roy Johnson. Um, I thought that was pretty good as well. Pete was very giving in that match. Roy got a lot in that match. Yeah. And Pete got to put over a few of his little sadistic, like little underhanded tactics, like uh, twisting the arm and the fingers and things like that. And he got some character touches as well. He was the first guy not to shake hands with anyone. Yeah, very impressed with um, Pete Dunne. I mean, a lot of these wrestlers I've heard of, but never actually seen wrestle. Mm. So it was quite good watching them live and watching each individual superstar. And yeah, I was really impressed with Pete Dunne. I want to mention Johnson as well. So Johnson's only been wrestling for two years and he's re- the last sort of year or so he's really started to come on. So it was quite nice to see him. His little wavy dance when he got shoulder blocked and he stood his ground. That was really great. So Sam Gradwell's out now and he's got that uh, Kinesio tape on his back because Pete Dunne twatted him last night. And he, I really like how he's like coming out and he's angry. He's really, really upset at the situation and see him Pete Dunne's offering to shake his hand now it's brilliant he's like a um, a high school kid you know winding up oh look he's not doing anything <laughs> no okay no <laughs> <laughs> ah whatever <laughs> yeah so going on about oh but the ref here was great that little ring the bell yeah so he's just going to ask like who were you aware of coming into this tournament? Um, so I'd heard of um, Trent. Obviously, I've done, well, I think he was kind of the popular guy coming into it. Mm. Um, and I'd heard of Pete Dunn um, through the Bruiserweight stuff, really. Um, anytime you, you're on Twitter and you there's a hashtag of Bruiserweight, it's always to do with Pete Dunn. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, James Drake was another one that I'd, I'd heard of uh, from the independents. Um, but yeah, the other ones that, that I hadn't heard of standing out, I mean, well... Oh, look out! Oof. Big dive to the outside. Uh, Mark Andrews was another one from TNA. Uh, it was funny how we were talking about him in our little... Uh... No, we were talking about him in our um, World of Sport episode, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, we were, yeah. And then, like, about a week or so later, oh, yeah, Mark Andrews is here, he's going to compete in the tourney. Yeah, we, we had a little uh, group meeting before this second night as well. We had a little Nando's date. Cheeky Nando's. Yeah. Oh, grabbing the nose there. So I have to say, like, being in attendance, I was on the ground level both days. This night, I was the opposite side of the ring from where I was the first night. Uh, I was like closer to the bar, so I could actually see the screen now. Oh, butterfly suplex on the ramp. But still, I couldn't really see all that well when they took it to the floor. Yeah, we were the same. Every time it went to the floor, um, as soon as everybody stood up, um, you just weren't close enough to see what was happening. No. I mean, the, it was a lot better than the first night because the first night I couldn't even see the canvas. Yeah. Like, um, even when I sat down with people in front of me. Uh, but yeah, so like, <laughs> going into day two, it's like, oh my God, I can see what colour the canvas is. It's really nice as well. So they've got proper ring posts here. Yeah. I really miss proper ring posts as opposed to the garish screens. Yeah, I think seeing the originals, it shows how much we've missed them uh, compared to the... Um, the Raw and the Smackdowns super duper expensive million dollar ring posts that mm. we have 
And also, there was no um, digital ring apron either. No, that's true, yeah. Oh, snap German suplex. Michinoku driver by Gradwell. I think he's wrestled this match a lot better than his first match for me. He's really shown me a, a bit more of something here. Yeah, I think also it's down to they've put a spotlight on him a little bit because of uh, uh, the storyline now with, with Pete Dunne. Mm. I have to say, being there live, it felt like the support was still overwhelmingly for Pete. And you hear a lot of bruiser weights and stuff on TV, but the, like watching it back on TV, they're a lot kinder to Gradwell than I thought. As he dives on Dunn here. Yeah, I think uh, with Pete Dunn, because he's so well known outside of WWE, um, he, he automatically gets the cheer. Um, I, I think they just tried to focus and get him away from the cheers. Yeah. I think he has earned a lot of people's respect with the way, especially in the last year, he's really seriously upped his game. Oh, this spot here. Yeah. Took him over the top rope. Oh. I actually thought he landed on his head when I saw it from my vantage point. He really bends his knee back there. Mm. Selling the back really well. Yeah, if you went out and... Especially, like, this night, there was a load of spots where they went out outside the ring and not just outside the ring, but, like, in this space in between the ramp and the ring. Yeah. So it's, like, really, really hindered my view of things. Lots of ten counts along with the ref. Yeah, every time he wanted to say a number, it was always ten. I just thought, like, when... Um, so when Gradwell did that butterfly suplex on the outside, I thought they got counted out and they messed it up. No, see, um, I was saying this uh, when we were watching it. The, the referee could have easily 10 counted in a lot of these matches. And when he gets really close to the 10, he ends up speaking to the, the wrestlers instead mm. of doing the 10 count. So Pete Dunne's just won this match with a power slam in the corner at 4 minutes 50 seconds. A pretty odd finish. But it takes advantage of the back injury, I guess. Yeah. It's very surprising. I suppose that's the thing about having a tournament. You have a surprise like ending. Yeah, I would much prefer to see an ending that kind of just happens out of the blue than your usual, right, I kind of know what's going to happen now. I kind of know this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Mm. So to see that, that finish, you know... It, wasn't a bad finish it was kind of like oh right okay different yeah it played into his game plan as well so that was quite a nice little fiery quick match oh he's going to finish him off here add insult to injury such a good move oh, it looks so complicated I don't understand how they pull it off so well I really like his, his fist to the chin. Mm. I know they're chanting bruiser weight, but it just sounds like triple hedge. Triple hedge. <laughs> triple hedge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my mind. <laughs> triple H game. You'd spot when um, Triple H did his like opening promo over day one. It's like, no, England, I said, are you ready? I'm like, did you forget the town name? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Pete's out. He's getting interviewed now by Charlie Caruso. I have to say, being there live, some of the interviews were sounded a bit indiscernible at times. Yeah, there were a few times you couldn't really hear um, what they were talking about, especially um, Caruso. Mm. Even their entrance music at times as well. So Pete's just saying here that, oh, well, everyone thought it was controversial. I beat that lad up. But Triple H didn't. And, ooh. <laughs> See, that was like the one bit of the promo I heard. I'm like, ooh, he mentioned Triple H. Just made a name for myself. Two Two to go. A few, like, you can tell when they're invested in people when they give them interview time. It's like Wolfie got a post match victory interview the other night, Devlin got one. And Mark Andrews got a pre-match interview here. So they're just showing the graphic coming up. Mark Andrews is going to take on Joseph Connors. And Joseph Connors' family were sat near us on both nights. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and they were very vocal in, in shouting um, for their guy. Mm. They're just showing here Mark Andrews defeated... Maloney in his first match, that excellent little stunner out of the suplex and the shooting star press. This was a decent little showcase for Andrews, really. Felt like at times Maloney was just kind of like another guy in there to yeah. show Andrews off. But he had a really cool like F5 thing where he sat down. He's only 19 as well, Maloney. I was reading. Lots of really young lads in, in this. You know how um, he had that... Um, his little pre-match interview thing is like, what things have you seen? It's like, hm, hm. I, I, I shouldn't say. <laughs> That's turned into quite a meme from the looks of it. Uh, yeah, and we just saw Joseph Connors beating Drake with his don't look down flatliner. They've got the tail of the tape up here. I like how they note the guy's styles on it as well. So like, say if you've not seen the first night and you want to get an idea of how they wrestle it gives you a little start of there and they're also all under 205 or the the majority, majority yeah. yeah yeah I think is it Wolfgang's the only one Wolfgang's like 255 yeah so the um, 205 live is it is a place if, if they wanted to take anyone from here well I mean we've got Andrews is coming out now. Corey Graves went out just flat out and said it. I want him on 205 Live. Yeah. Get him here now. He really is that good. So Andrews is the winner of the second series of TNA British Boot Camp. Uh, he really sort of won me over in that series. Like his little um, audition for that put me off him a little bit. I'm like, oh, he's a little bit small. And when he was cutting his promo, he had that like... I'm cutting a promo like stance and diction to him. He's like, oh, this is this is going to be it for the guy with the brightest future in professional wrestling, Mark Andrews. Like the way he turns his head and things put me off him a little bit. But like seeing him wrestle is just like, oh, this guy's magic. Uh, what did you think to Connor's beating Drake in the first round? Um, other than uh, Connor's family being sat like three seats down from me, um, I'm... It wasn't a match that I thoroughly enjoyed, if I'm totally honest. But I don't know whether it's because both guys kind of had similar move sets, so they kind of cancelled each other out. 
Yeah, I was thinking that. They both have this very, these very sort of intense characters, very similar looks, and their ring works very similar to each other as well. Yeah. So it seemed like nobody really connected with the crowd on that one. Um, but yeah, as usual, the running joke from Drake's appearances elsewhere that he's got his face on his arse, on his tights, <laughs> overtook the match a bit there. Drake looked in great shape as well. Yeah. I thought. Oh, big arm drag. Now, the, the way that Mark Andrews does these arm drags, I, I love the fact that it's it's as though he's dodging a bullet. So, like, he, he manoeuvres his body so he skims underneath while still doing the arm drag, which, you know, not many um, wrestlers do. They, they would just do the arm drag. Mm. Yeah, so he's a last-minute addition to this tournament. Basically, his TNA contract expired at the end of the year, and I guess Hunter or somebody went, "Oh, you want in?" Like, yeah, okay. Really, really glad to have him. It really added a bit more star power to this tournament as well. I yeah. thought he had in his interview on day one, he was talking about high fiving and stage diving. Oh, six one nine type deal there. Well, we definitely definitely got a lot of stage diving. beautiful way of entering the ring it was a lot better of the first round when he did that to Maloney because like he got the top of his head directly on Maloney's back so he started pitch perfect like positioning yeah see again we couldn't see any of this <laughs> no more more apron spots right opposite to where we were so you were the west side the stands but you were close to the bar and the screen weren't you yeah so when when the the camera goes central and um, the bottom right post we were about um four rows back so we had a, a really really good view um i got some really really nice pictures that i, I tweeted mm. i got one or two myself like I, my camera is generally not all that good but because i was so much further forward than i was on the first day, I thought oh, I should give it a go. Really, I've got a couple of nev that were decent. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple. Of, <laughs> an unnamed Geordie man <laughs> who intruded in the ring. Stomping away here. You know Mark Andrews' music is... He performed it himself. He's part of a band. Yes, yes. Um, is, isn't it something to do with his family? Isn't it not just him? Um, he's got a few family members as well. That oh, okay. Out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the band's called Junior. It's interesting. I thought it kind of sounded like Free Blind Mice. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! <laughs> See, my my favourite entrance music of uh, the whole tournament has got to be Tyler Bates. Mm. Love it. Don't, Tyler Bate comes out to Sledgehammer on the Indies. That music was pretty much a direct rip off of that. Yeah. See, the, the atmosphere at this time was very much for Mark Andrews. I, 
I think you kind of sensed that there was never going to be any other victor in this match other than Mark Andrews. He really wrestles like a natural crowd favourite. Yeah. Like at the tail end of his TNA run, they turned him heel. I'm kind of thinking, what are they going to do with him as a, as a heel? He's such a natural baby face. Yeah, he's just got a very likeable aura to him. Mm. You're not taking me out of this tournament. And he just headbutted the camera. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, God. Hamstring right on the corner of his steps. More 10 chance. There's a lot of one fall chance as well. Yeah, yeah. Your man from ICW's in the money there. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Running the barricade. Don't we really see anyone do that anymore? No, not since um, the lovely Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, yeah, Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam. Morrison kind of did it for Royal Rumbles and things. Mm. Cow's tea's just ready. Oh, Kyle, what a dickhead. Oh, man. Oh, we've got the tweets coming up here. The standing moonsault there. Oh, but dickhead cow didn't come back. Uh, that didn't come off quite as good. Oh, slingshotting into his finisher. Very giving a kick out there. I'm pretty sure Michael Cole was quoting Andrews or attempting to quote Andrews on something. It's like, Oh, hey, look out for me, y'all. I'm pretty sure Mark Andrews never said y'all. Got a British wrestling chant going on here. The crowd were pretty strong with their chants all day long, really. I think it probably didn't come across quite as strong on TV. Because, I'll admit, being in the... Oh, Hurricane Rana by Andrews here. Being in the East End, it wasn't always easy to tell what the people in the West End were chanting. So sometimes things got mistimed and things like that. Oh. Didn't quite get that backbreaker he likes to use. No, don't suplex Mark Andrews. That's why. It's nice of Connors to roll further towards Andrews' finishing manoeuvre. 
Now the shooting star press gets it done from Andrews in 8 minutes 10 seconds. So he'll advance to the semi-finals to face Pete Dunne. Ah, at some point coming up here, you see me in the crowd. Like, blink and you'll miss me. I'm, oh, there, there. You really have to look seriously hard for me. Like, I'm just to the left of the live logo. And I'm just above this guy who's in the Everton shirt. So look for a guy with a Chang logo on his shirt and you'll spot me. Pretty impressive match, that really. A lot more even uh, handed than Andrews' first first round match. Connors wrestled a bit disappointingly, I thought. Cole hyped him up as a really big favourite and he didn't do an awful lot for me. I think I'll need to see more of him. So they're just updating the brackets here. Mandrews against Peter! <laughs> Empress Ballroom, such a beautiful building. I'm not sure you can spot on camera. Kyle! <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah, alright. Big uh, helicopter shot of Blackpool here. Oh, 40 minutes from Manchester. Ah, Wolfie. Having a party when it wins. There's a big sign actually in the, on the second night that had that, that up, we're having a party. Yeah, it's the kind of playing off the um, if Cena wins, we riot thing. Yeah. Just showing clips of Wolfie's first round victory against Tyson. This was a um, one of my favourite matches from day one, to be honest. Nice little brawling match, and Wolfie really impressed me with the way he moved. I couldn't believe it for the the size of him, the the stuff that he could do. Mm. He just reminded me of how Kevin Owens can do all the flips that he can do. Mm. Um, Tyson Tebow had this like gypsy gimmick. It's really weird, like on the independent circuits when I've seen him, I've seen him for progress a couple of times, he's in just regular trunks and stuff, Yeah. he's in street clothes here, and I can't believe that's his real voice no. as well. Surely not. Oh, Tyson Tebow, I'll, I'll beat him up. He said something like, um, oh, you know, the gypsy folk, we're not just smelly people. We know how to fight as well. You best be, <laughs> you best genuinely be of a traveller, like, origin. You're going to say stuff like that? Jesus Christ. It's Finlay! And I love to fight. I really don't know when they snuck him in here. It just appeared. Like, wait a minute. Oh my God, he's right in front of me. Well, not quite like right in front of me, but like he's clearly in my field of vision. Yeah. But I really didn't spot when they scooched him in. And I didn't spot when they scooched him out as well. I know they were quite silent with that. I don't know how the... Um... They brought them in. I love Trent's little strut here coming out. It's like, yeah, boy. Rocking up to the gym. So other people that were in attendance, notably on night one, uh, that did similar things with, were Finn Balor and over-the-top wrestling from Ireland's Joe Cabret, Dave Taylor, former wrestler, 
John Briley and Jim Smallman from Progress Wrestling. I really wish I could have seen them on the screen. Um, and Mark Dallas and Duncan Gray from ICW. Trent's getting in the ring here. His music's kind of turning into Seven Nation Army at this point as well. He's a heel in progress, isn't he? Yes, he just turned like uh, three or four months ago. Yeah, his first round match with Dyer was a little bit brief. He did this spot, um, you know, he does really, really fast chops in the corner. Yeah. There's a wrestler in Japan called Satoshi Kojima that does that as well. So when he went, he whipped the guy into the other corner and followed up. I went, Ichuzo Bakyaro! Which is like his catchphrase when he does that move. I don't think anybody in my section knew what the fuck I was on about. <laughs> he just turned around and looked at you. <laughs> what? Um, oh, the other thing about Wolfie's first man match, I missed the finish. Because my coat, someone spilled a, a drink behind me and my coat was like getting... Oh, no. The sleeves of Zombie. So I was sorting that out like, oh, what? Oh, Wolfie's won. So I missed that excellent swanton of his. And with Trent's first round match, like, they were positioning him as this, like, strong style striker guy. I don't think his strikes, in attendance, it didn't look like they came off quite as quite clean enough to really get that over. No. But it looked a lot better on telly. Um, the other thing as well, H.C. Dyer, they positioned him as this like knockout artist, so you know, watch my right hand and things, but he did a lot more wrestling moves than Trent did. Yeah, yeah. It's really well. He did that like Blue Thunder Bomb. That looked quite good. Pointing across at the two faces, shaking hands. <clears throat> I think these two guys have feuded a fair while in ICW. It's either Wolfie and Trent or Wolfie and Tyler that have had a big rivalry going. Big IC dub chance here. Yeah, it was interesting to me, Wolfie, in his little introductory video package, they positioned him as this guy who was willing to cheat and, you know, go the extra mile to progress and stuff. But he, he wrestled pretty cleanly all through the tournament, I thought. Yeah, I don't know whether they were just putting across the fact that um, because it's going to be the first ever United Kingdom champion that he's putting across, you know, I will do anything to do, you know, be that. Mm. Oh, big slap by Trent. Suplexed him down. They're really big on putting over Wolfie because he was the Zero G champion in ICW, which is like their Cruiserweight X Division title. Putting over his nimbleness for being such a big guy, like 255 pounds. What on earth is he? Oh, look out! More barricade stuff here. It's unbelievable that he he can do that at that size. Incredible. I can go with the crowd. Holy shit! That was another thing. We there was a lot of holy shit chance and. They weren't, they weren't misplaced. They, you know, they, every time there was a holy shit chant, it was holy shit. Mm. I was mentioning when you were getting your tea out. There seems to be this sort of like split reception to the. Oh boy! 
Oh man, Trent just murdered Wolfie with that suicide dive. Yeah. Austin Aries style there. Yeah, it seems to be this like split reaction to um, the atmosphere in the ballroom, how it came across on telly. So like some people were telling like Matthew from Boxermania, it's like, oh, it's too distracting, they're too loud and stuff. But then like reading a few of the lads like we follow on Twitter who go like to independent dates regularly, they're like, well, this, this atmosphere is not coming across at all, really. Mm. It's a bit hard. I mean, I think, so I was saying earlier, I think certainly from where I was, being in like the west of the east stand, it was sometimes hard to properly hear what the opposite stand from you were doing. Yeah. So you didn't always get the timing of chance correctly or whatever. So that might have, you know, spread out. I suppose it depends where the microphones are. Yeah, I mean, for me, sitting there, the atmosphere was very, very loud. It was enormous. It was electric. Like, from from the kickoff, really. Massive superplex by Wolfie. When a jubilation came out. <laughs> massive reception for him, even. See, that superplex... That was quite fun. Um, where we were sat, that's where he was memoing for everyone to move because uh, he was going to push him off the, the ring. Mm. Um, obviously, that was a very health, very bad health hazard, so it was never going to happen. But um, everyone was like, oh shit, he's coming this way. Oh, massive shot. Breaking down into a bit of a slugfest here. I like, really like to see as he noticed Wolfie got his hands up when Trent went for forearms. Really, really good stuff. Very um, Undertaker-esque. Ooh. <sighs> Wasteland. Oh, got the knees up. I was saying earlier how um, Mandrews and Connors kind of wrestled like they scouted each other from their first match. Yeah. It's getting that a little bit here in this match as well, like with Trent getting his knees up from that moonsault. Trent's seven army chance to seven nation army. Oh my lord. That looked like it hurt. Do the loop around sell of it as well. It's amazing. After the first few matches, you kind of got a sense of which way the crowd was swaying and which, you know which um, which wrestler was going to win. Yeah. But as you got into the quarterfinals, semi-finals, you kind of thought, well, actually, either one could win this. Mm. Um, and this was one of their matches where I was thinking, you know, which way are they going to go with this? Rainmaker! One, two. Wolfie kicked out. You see it there from the vantage point of Cole and Nigel. I was pretty much directly under the commentary desk the first night. <laughs> yeah, because I told you to look up. Yeah, I was, <laughs> where's commentary? <laughs> like, look up. Oh yeah, shit, that's there. What did you think of them as a broadcast duo? Fantastic. 
I mean, I really like Michael Cole, and I think he's progressed so so much, um, and he is the the commentating guy, um, and they just bounced off each other so well. Mm. Um, it was really nice. It's just you know if they do take this to a um, a full show, who who will take that role? Well, you very much doubt Michael Cole is going to be there permanently. It's, I mean, it's just a really big deal that they sent him over to you know kind of communicate how they want the commentary present uh, presented to you. Yeah, network special Michael Cole is the best Michael Cole. No Vincent is here. On the Swanton bomb to the back, finishes off Trent Seven. So Wolfie won. We're having a party. <laughs> Beat Trent in six minutes thirty-five, and it looks like he's broken his nose. Yeah, little nosebleed there. Yeah. Best match of the night so far at that point, I felt. I've got to agree with what Nigel said though for me that's the biggest shock because I mm. all the way through that I'm thinking it's got to be Trent this with the reaction that Trent got um, but yeah again a nice surprise we'll talk about it coming up but I think it kind of helped the dynamic later on in the night when you were saying about odd finishes before yeah Pete Dunn this is an odd finish to the back yeah. instead of the front yeah because surely you don't get as much power onto the the um, the guy on his back but mm. I suppose I was trying to get across like Trent was just about recovering and Wolfie had to go for it right then otherwise he missed yeah. his opportunity yeah Yeah, Nigel had a cracking show as well. Uh, we've been praising Michael Cole, but he really kind of, as you say, meshed well with him. Oh, got the lad from Blue Peter in the crowd. Woo-hoo. Michael Cole absolutely, just absolutely butchers trying to say CBBC. <laughs> it takes him like three goes to say it. Oh, it's from CBB, uh, CCB, uh, uh, that place. <laughs> I think later on as well, he calls it the CBBC. <laughs> like the Manchester United. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, so our final quarter final match is coming up now. Tyler Bates is going to take on Jordan Devlin. They're playing up the controversy of Jordan's first round match. What's your view on this? Well, Jordan was definitely going over. I just don't think that was the finish. I think they they made a split second decision when the referee saw that Birch was cut open. They made a split second decision to call the match there. Yeah. Um... So you think Jordan was going over? Yeah, definitely. For me, it felt like Danny Birch was a guy that they brought in who they knew could wrestle well and try and make Jordan look as good as possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, it was such a great shame for him, though. I felt pretty sorry for him. 
because he was having a really good showing yeah. all throughout that match. I was just showing um, Tyler Bate. For me, that um, the hook when he's got his hand up and it's just the... Oh, he got bam with his leg. Oh, life. I love it. Yeah. Really. <laughs> That's top stuff. Yeah, with Jordan, it kind of felt at first like... I mean, I felt this way as well. I was really interested in getting into him because I was just keen to watch him and it seemed like a lot of the crowd were that way as well because of his links with Finn. Yeah. But then, like, they had him wrestle as this generic, like, WWE heel with lots of chin locks. Lots of chin locks. And they had him be a bit of a dickhead as well, so that kind of turned people around eventually. Kyle's just having a jig to Tyler's entrance here. Oh, your man there, um, to the... So just to the right of Tyler taking the photo there, that's uh, Kean. It's a man I met in the pub after the first night. Shout out to Kean if you're listening. I'll have to send this to him. I absolutely love this song. It's so addictive. It put the genuine Sledgehammer song in my head. Yeah. Hearing it. It got me thinking as well of whether there are any other wrestlers who were younger than their entrance themes. Ooh. It's like, other than Tyler, the obvious one is um, Will Ospreay comes out to shoot to thrill. Yeah. I'm wondering if Grado's younger than Like a Prayer. Uh, what we're we looking at here, yeah, 85, 86? Mid 80s, yeah. Uh, possibly. Grado's like, it's a year or two older than us. They did, like, with. Yeah, so obviously it was a mess up in Jordan Devlin's first round match, but I thought. The way they cope with it was marvellous. Cole and Nige played it up all controversial split decision here. Yeah, it was brilliant how they how they showed um, you know the, the split second um, decision mm. and how they kind of brought the the audience along with you. And then it, it just got even more heat on Devlin really because, like I say, going into it, it sounded like fairly positive reception, and coming out of that match. He just came off like a massive, massive twat. Do you think it was a conscious effort to put him across like Finn Balor? You know, leather jacket, ring entrance. A little bit, I guess. There's lots of um, you're just a shit Finn Balor chance. We just missed it there. um, The camera just showed it a little bit with um, Tyler Bate. He was looking, um, there was a guy that was just two rows in front of us. Yeah. And he shouted to Tyler, will you knock him out, will you knock him out? And he put his fist up to him and he said, yeah. yeah." (laughs) Um, And he just just glimpsed it then with the camera. Tyler blew off the handshake there. Devin had a really good interview after his match as well. (laughs) He's like, oh, it was a really... Clean victory, easy, easy win. I'm a thoroughbred horse, you know. Mm, Tyler Bate, uh, his first round match headlined the show. Oh, out, Devlin goes. Face first on the floor. Now, we just need to um, make sure you remember that we can't see any of this no. live. So, watching it back, we now know what they were doing. <laughs> 
fucking dive here. Now, that's not the best dive of the night. No, there's, there's more to come. But yeah, this is... From this match onwards, you see a lot more of Tyler's sort of aerial, aerial stuff. Yeah. Than his first round match. So in the first round match, he beat Tucker, who I was also really, really impressed with, actually. Yeah. I'd love to see more of him. He had a great hurricane runner from the apron, and that super-duper kick that sent Tyler to the outside. Absolutely stunning. The noise it made. Actually thought he'd ripped his head off. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It was my favourite match from the first night. And it made me reconsider like, how far they might be willing to go with Tyler. I, I thought... So, going into this match... Well, going into the tournament, I thought, okay, they'd put Devlin through and they'd put Tyler through. And they'd have Devlin screw over Tyler somehow. Because, yeah. you know, I thought Tyler, he's only 19, you know, they, they don't want to run away too far with him just in case. Because you don't know how people could turn if, you know, they're young. I was worried, like, with how Paige is turning out, that they might be a bit yeah. cut off, giving people the push so young. But then, when I saw that he was the closing match the day one, I thought, oh, okay. Maybe they're going all in here. Yeah, I was very impressed with Tyler. He's got a really great... He's got this, like, star presence about him. He feels a lot more senior than his actual years and the way he carries himself in the ring. And I don't know whether it's because of his wave when he comes out, but he just seems very likeable. Yeah. And you kind of just want to root for him. I mean, I don't know how that changes in progress because obviously he's, he's heel in progress, mm. part of um, the British strong style. Yeah, he's only just turned heel a few months. Um, so I've not actually seen him wrestle as a heel. A lot of the progress guys in this tournament I've not really seen their work in like one-on-one singles matches actually. They've either been in tag team matches or they've been in like multi-man matches. Yeah. So there was a great one um, the last progress show I went to it was Trent and Pete were in a four-way and they were facing Marty Skull and Joe Coffey we saw at World of Sport. Yeah. That was really really entertaining. That's where it all, um, you know, people were shouting, Peter! And yeah. Pete Dunn, that's where that all started from. Because Trent was trying to get Pete's attention. He's like, Peter! Because <laughs> he wanted to double team him. <laughs> oh, big aeroplane spin coming up. Now, this got a really big pop. Mm. <laughs> all spaghetti legged here. Devlin's deceptively big as well. Now, part of me watching that thought, how much of that do you have to play up to or do you think you were genuinely really dizzy? I think you'd be a little bit old. <laughs> now, that spot there where he flicked the rope in his face, that looks so shit live. Yeah. It's like, what, what was that going to be? It came off a little bit better on camera there, but still... Shifting Bala chance caused him to miss his moonsault. It's quite nice. Devlin, I think, because his head is so massive, it makes the rest of him look a lot smaller. So he's five foot ten, but you wouldn't think he was five foot ten other than like when Tyler had him on his shoulders there. Yeah. Oh, on cue. 
Fans chanting your head's too big for you right there. Could take that both ways. His head's genuinely big for him or because he's been trained by Finn, his head's really big. Oh, <laughs> oh excellent, Kyle. <laughs> See, I love that he was playing up to the crowd getting on his tits and it caused him to miss his moonsault again. Oh, great counter. Oh, there's that kick. This is really well done here, playing off what happened with Danny in the first round. See, the one problem that you've just got to be wary of is it's happened once. What if it happened again? That's Devlin through Tyler Bate out. Yeah. You know, so how do you play it? Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. That short left jab. <laughs> Brilliant. Deadly. Here it comes. The Tyler Driver 97. That gets Tyler the win in six minutes, five seconds. Yeah, the original move it's based on is called the Tiger Driver 87. But they can't put 87 on the end because he won't pawn that. <laughs> Again, hell of a match there. Yeah. This was the match that I then said, I think he's the favourite. Yeah. I think up to this point, other than perhaps Mandrews, maybe Wolfie as well, he's been the most consistent form performer in yeah. this tournament. But then I looked at the bracket and thought, oh, he's, he's up against um, Wolfie. Mm. Um maybe he's not the favourite <laughs> yeah yeah maybe they're going to run with this Wolfie being the upset guy story love that music Tyler <laughs> to the crowd so that's the quarterfinals rounded up so Tyler Bate is going to go on and face Wolfgang as well as Pete Dunne taking on Mark Andrews, which will be the next match. Probably have a bit of downtime here, so do you, you want to do your half-time question time thing? Yeah, okay, so... I hear this is a doozy. I've got high hopes for this. Okay, so it's a, it's a little different. Um, so, it's called Related. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm going to give you a superstar, okay. and I want you to tell me who they're related to within the business. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so we'll start off nice and easy. Yeah. Nia Jax. The Rock. Yeah. Um, well, any any of the the big famous. Oh, any kind um, of family. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, another another nice and easy one. Um, Snoop Dogg. Sasha Banks. Correct. Why? He came out, he did the WrestleMania entrance with it, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Um, Grandmaster Sexy. Oh, well, you could tell. Joe the King Lawler, obviously. Yep. And then there's also the Honky Tonk Man. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now we go a little harder. Okay. okay. Um, Bray Wyatt. 
Oh, um, right, okay, I'll make sure I get... So there's V-I-R-S, yeah. Micro Tundo, and uh, Bo Dallas. Yep, and um, what about his grandfather? Oh, he's a wrestler as well. Oh, I don't know what his gimmick was. Blackjack Mulligan. Oh, yes! Yeah, so that's a very, very famous uh, famous family. Oh, yes. Did he pass away recently, like last year? Not too sure. One of the Blackjacks passed away, like, in 2016. Right. I can't remember which one it was. We'll have a look into that. Yeah. We'll pop it on the blog. Yeah. Um, okay. Scott Armstrong, the referee. So... Road Dog, Deshi James, the obvious one. Yep. His brother was a tag team wrestling WCW. I think it was Brad Armstrong. Yep. And his dad run the Continental Territory called Bullet Bob Armstrong. Correct. Brilliant. Um, okay, you got two more. Two more. Um, John Laurinaitis. Now, his daddy's Fingy's uh, brother. Animal from Legion of Doom. Brilliant. Is there anybody else? That's the only one that I've got, so I will just accept Animal. Ah, I suppose he's technically... A Bella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky Bree's father-in-law, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, now the last one. Okay. This is the toughest one. You probably might know this, so you're going to take it in the neck. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Aidan English. Holy crap. He's related to someone. Yep. And they're a wrestler. Yep. <sighs> Who's really pale? <laughs> oh. Oh no, it's... Okay, so I cheated a little bit. Okay, um, so it's a trick question. Aidan English has just recently married Raquel Diaz. Now, Raquel Diaz oh, yes. is also known as the Charlotte daughter Guerrero. of Eddie Guerrero. Yes. So Aidan English is a part of the Guerrero family. Oh, yes, I forgot all about that, yeah. So that is oh. my little game of Related. Now, if you'd have done it the opposite way around, I would have had... No idea, but I do like to, to come up with little questions oh, for yeah. you. So there you go. Oh, well done. Thank you. It's semi-final time just now. So, yeah, as we were going through our halftime thing, they put a little video package for the four semi-finalists. And we saw Robbie Brookside was in the crowd as well. We're just getting ready for Mark Andrews to take on Pete Dunne. And they put little insets of the finishes from the quarter-final matches in as well. Um, yeah, just while we're on the subject, I got another one for you. Um, so you remember Jesse from Jesse and Festus? Yep. He's the son of a wrestler. Do you know who that is? Somebody that I would know. Possibly. I don't think mm. he's synonymous with WWF, but he's quite a famous name. Possibly not then. Although Festus, we all know who Festus is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, go on then. Bruiser Brody. Really? Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not so good at, at knowing who's related. Um, whereas I know that you 
do a bit of research so I thought that's a really good half time question for yeah you. oh that's good fun that if you guys on Twitter or elsewhere have any oh I didn't know they were related things get in touch we'd love to see if we can get them yeah Andrews has changed his tights yes that was the first thing that I noticed when he came out really appreciate that actually Nice just mentioned these two wrestled in their first match against each other. Proper autumn lot there. I'm trying to think. So Pete Dunne's 23. Yeah. But how, how long has he been saying he's been wrestling? Yeah, it didn't work out. Um... Wouldn't it have made him like nine or something? <laughs> yeah. I think he says like eleven years or something, which might have made him like twelve. I'm like, no, that can't, that can't be right. <sighs> well, it, it depends in in what sense because um, going back to the Guerrero family, oh, beautiful Eddie and Chavo, they always said that they they wrestled ever since they were they could walk. Oh, well, yeah. so <laughs> it depends in what sense he means. Oh man, Manu's went over the top right there. Yeah, Eddie said in his book, um, him and Chavo would be the halftime entertainment at the Guerrero's promotion. You know what's been really pleasing me about the reception for Pete Dunne here? There's no you're just a shit Jack Swagger chance. Yeah. Just because he's wearing a singlet. Like, oh, uh, he must be Jack Swagger, I guess. More rampway spots that we couldn't see. Oh, this step stuff is just vicious. Well, the. Oh, very amazing. Nice, very nice. They mentioned about why uh, Pete Dunn has them colours as well for his singlet, didn't they? Oh, they reckoned it was a uh, Daniel Bryan tribute. Yeah. Well, Daniel Bryan only wore those colours out of tribute to William Regal, though. Yeah. What goes around comes around. <laughs> yeah, that hurricane round off the steps by Andrews is just amazing. Jack Swagger doesn't even wear a singlet anymore. Have you seen what he was wearing at, like, house shows? No. Well, he does wear his singlet, but he's got, like, this grey bodysuit over it. <laughs> so it kind of looks like a putty patroller. You notice Pete Dunne's got a tattoo on his knee? Yeah. Oh my lord. That must have hurt. I know, because you usually want tattoos where you've got a lot of flesh, right? Yeah. Maybe when he's saying about how he enjoys hurting people, it includes himself. <laughs> yeah. What even is the tattoo? It looks like a bear. It's like a wolf or something? I think it's what he's got on his uh, shin sleeves as well. Ah, yeah. It's like a yeah, but it might be a bear actually. Yeah, now you mentioned it. There's never really a close up to actually. I think Cole just mentioned it then, 11 years. 11 years at 23. Yeah. So Cole was only saying it took him 11 years to get to this point. He didn't say he was wrestling for 11 years, so maybe it's just he's been in the business that long. Maybe he'd be like a ring crew boy or something. Oh boy, beautiful. Oh, into the double stomp. 
you can tell these two have wrestled together a great deal. Andrews is part of this tag team in progress called FSU. Partnering with Eddie Davis, uh, sorry, Eddie. Eddie Dennis. Is that Eddie Dennis or Eddie Davis? Eddie D. Eddie D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is incredible. Bam! How he got the flip in the air. I know, that extra rotation. This is on its way to being a hellacious match so far. Yeah, so um, Mandrews' tag team, I'm pretty sure at one of the progress shows I went to, he took on Pete Dunne and Pete's brother. This is before Pete split from his brother and joined British Strong Style. And it's, it, just to um, clarify, it's his kayfabe brother. Oh, is it not no. legit? No. Right, okay, got you. Always sets it up for uh, a dive. You can hear the crowd really anticipate something's coming up here as well. Almost Koto Ibushi-esque. Twice he's gone for that and twice he's not been able to do it. Oh, God. Now, watching this in person, so obviously I can't see anything below the ring apron. I just... There was a bunch of wait time and then I saw Mark Andrews <laughs> landing head first on the apron. <laughs> like, oh, my God, what is going on? What is this match? really weird how they call that the X-Plex. Yeah. Because I think it's Elix Skipper. He had a move called the X-Plex. It's completely different. Like cross her arms and bridge. Or oh, he just did it on the ramp there. Playing off the attack he used against Gradwell. Closing the first night's show. I liked the um, the chemistry between the two of them because um, obviously Mark Andrews is you you fast move a flippy guy um, and sometimes you can get wasted going against bigger guys mm. um, but it, it nice little um, back and forth between the two. Just about broke the count there. Good lord. Those are some vicious stomps. They're Adidas trainers as well. Well, not trainers, but um, boots. Boots, yeah. Yeah, under his shin guards. It's really weird when you see stuff like that sneak through. Yeah. Like, Booker T wore Reebok gloves for years. Oh, you don't want to suplex him. There you go. Here's the cover. Look at the line of 
That was a great touch. So you, in his previous matches, he's hit that move so he can go up for the shooting star, but he's so exhausted from wrestling so much this weekend. Okay, I have to go for the cover. I have to try it here. What a beautiful building. I don't know if you can spot it on TV, but the very top of the roof, there were some balloons lingering about. Like, left over from some parties and stuff. There were a few gold ones. Yeah, they were gold stars, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, the wolfy sign was just left the shot uh, up on the balcony. To the right of the screens there, that's Kevin and Joe from How To Wrestling Podcast. As soon as I spotted them and recognised them, I'm like, oh, this, this is going to really distract me now. <laughs> oh, I got the knees up. And he rolls him up. These near falls in this match really had the crowd biting. Like, I couldn't tell which way this match was going to go. Yeah. I'd have thought after the angle they did with Pete, you know, they want it'd be him they want to go with. They'd push him to the final, they'd have like a big baby face beat him. But still, they really make you suspend your disbelief. Excellent arm drag counter. Dumb punching people out of midair never gets old. So you think you'd just finish him off, and again, Mark Andrews out of nowhere. You can hear there's a groundswell of emotion here from the crowd at that one. That had me just completely going nuts. It's insane. X-Plex counter with the Hurricane Rana. I think as well, Pete really up to the violence in this match as well like you saw some of his stomps earlier and trying to do things with the steps one's on his feet oh here we go bang German suplex in the corner look nasty not yet see it shows that Pete Dunn gives um, Manju's more credit because he could have pinned him against the turnbuckle like he did uh, the last opponent. Yeah. Well, there was a spot where he went for exactly the same slam as well. Yeah. And Andrews was trying to, really hard to fight it off. So there you go. Pete Dunne wins his semi-final match in 10 minutes, 33 seconds. That finish as well, that was a lot more like trademark of a Japanese style. But it took a sequence of manoeuvres to put Andrews away rather than just one. So it's like, Suplex to the corner, okay, follow that up. X-Plex, okay, follow that up again. Bitter end, it's done. While you're on the subject of um, Japanese wrestling, um, I know you mentioned about um, when we were talking on that night about Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, I finally watched the match. Oh, the Okada match, yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. Incredible. Um, and, you know, I, I know what you mean about it takes a sequence of, of moves yeah fantastic but how old are the refs oh they be yeah pretty old yeah like c compared to to ours they're much younger mm, yeah well I mean 
that's a consequence of just Kevin Dunn and people not liking old people on camera really yeah like you hear Vince as well Vince says he's too old to be on television that's why you rarely see him nowadays like he's always really really resistant to get his character back on on air yeah loads of really famous Japanese refs like there's one that always wears red shoes people just call him red shoes like even hear him on Japanese commentary he's like oh red shoes there uh, yeah yeah like blue pants from NXT. Blue, da, da, da. <laughs> blue, the, the last that played blue pants did like this really, really cool Kenny Omega cosplay recently at a show. That's cool. Talking about their excitement for this match. The reception they've got all weekend. Oh, and this is where Cole calls it the CBBC. Going on about how all the media they did in Manchester. There it is! <laughs> when Nigel said about um, they were both on the edge of the seats, in fact, they weren't on the edge of the seats. They were both stood up. Yeah. Um, you could see clearly, like, they were leaning over the table to watch. Wow. Yes, the second semi-final coming up. Tyler Bate taking on Wolfgang. Big weight disparity here, naturally. I'm sure these two lads must have wrestled in ICW at some point. Yeah, you'd think at 19 he's he's had a few years behind him. It's really well travelled, yeah. He wrestles a lot. So, like, Tyler, Pete, and Trent are all sort of Midlands based. So, they do a lot of work for Fight Club Pro. They're like the big Midlands promotion. They're doing a Easter date here in Manchester that looks really exciting. They've got Phoenix from Lucha Underground as well. Mm. And uh, Pentagon Jr. Or a Penta Del Zero Miedo, whatever he's calling himself. Now he's left AAA. Isn't it um, Fight Club Pro that... Um... Actually, I'm not going to say it because it's a bit of a spoiler. Okay. Bang! <laughs> that shot left again. That's brilliant. I love the wave. For me, be my friend. <laughs> the best Tyler driver they did was the one with Tucker. Like, Tucker tucked himself just at a pretty steep angle. So it kind of looked more like a pile driver than, than a power bomb. Wolf is selling his shoulder here. I'm trying to remember what Trent did to his shoulder. Oh, it might be this suplex. And um, going into the uh, the barricade as well. Showing highlights here. Yeah, Trent's clothesline is called the Seven Star Lariat. 
No, we're talking about Kenny Omega and um, Okada. Yeah. Do you know what match rating Dave Meltzer gave that? Yeah, I've seen six. Six stars. <laughs> it's hilarious to me how, like... So, when Dave sees a really, really shit match, he'll give it minus five stars. Then I was like, oh, grand, great crack, that, yeah. But when he's... Like, this is the first time he's done a gimmick for a really, really good match. And people are flipping like, like, no, you cannot. This messes up the entire star rating system. It's like, he's the guy that invented the fucking star rating system. <laughs> he can do whatever the hell he wants, you know. I always think, though, when you're rating something, like, you should never be able to rate it at, like a 10 out of 10. Because there's always got to be something you can improve on. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, straight out the ballpark, fantastic. There might be, I don't know, in your ring entrance, you might want to, to get the audience involved more. Or, you know, there might be, there's got to be something that is always there to improve. Mm. Ruffy looks a bit emotional here. Mm. So the crowd are overwhelmingly on Tyler Bates' side here. Bit of fandang going to her. Tyler, Tyler, mate. Tyler, mate. Tyler, Tyler, mate. My voice was so sore from that weekend. Like, literally, Thursday, I was still fucked. <laughs> There's a decade between these two lads. Wolf is 29. See, I wouldn't have said Wolfie was 29. You think he's older? He looks older, yeah. Mm. But that's not... Like, that's not a dig to him. He just looks more... Um, there's more to him. He's a lot more rugged. Yeah. Powers in me. <laughs> that was great camera work there as well. You didn't see it coming, Tyler's attack. This is really the first chance we've seen Wolfie have a really definitive size advantage as well and using his strength advantage. Great maneuverability by Tyler there. <laughs> there was no springboard on that cold, don't lie. Right in the hurt shoulder, actually, that's pretty smart. That's a little story within this match. Can, can Tyler pick Wolfie up? Mm. training now Pete John didn't realise they were doing that I wonder where they're based for trending surely it's got to just be UK Twitter it's, yeah because when it's American shows they tend to make a point of when something's trending worldwide yeah but this was whoa kicked him right off see that's good because Wolfie hurt his knee doing that moonsault off a barricade 
Yeah, this would have been like, what, three o'clock in the afternoon in America, I think it was? Yeah. If you were East Coast. And there was a lot of Americans that were complaining about the time. And then there was a lot of our fans that were saying, well, look, we've got to stay up till one to watch those <laughs> yeah. You know, give us some credit. <laughs> Just imagine what it must have been like. You know when they did the Beast in the East? Yeah. Oh, beautiful power slam. It's probably the one point I could fault Nike. He called it a pop-up power bomb. Uh, yeah, so obviously they didn't fly Michael Cole and Byron Saxton in. They just hold them up in a studio in Connecticut so they had to turn up at like what 4am America time and do the job it's quite weird I bet it's a, a little strange to do um, commentary when you're not there because you just have to rely on the camera angles yeah whereas when you're actually there you can look around and you know the surroundings oh he missed We might have missed it, but at some point in this match, so the fans start chanting, you're a shit Kevin Nash to Wolfie. I, what the fuck is an amazing Kevin Nash? Try and spot Kevin Nash doing that. He does the too sweet sign, doesn't he? Yes, yes, he does the too sweet in response to that, yeah. So, it was really weird to me. I felt like I were a bit harsh on Wolfie here, because it's not... It's not like he's doing anything to cheat. Oh my God, what a spear. Turn him inside out, Rikishi bump. It's not as if Wolfie's like wrestling overwhelmingly bad or to try and cheat Tyler out of anything. He's he's wrestling exactly the same way as if he was against Trent, who was another crowd favourite. Fantastic shot of all the crowd. Hey, up. Oh, my Lord. Tyler Driver, 79. No, 97. <laughs> 79. 79. <laughs> that finishes off Wolfie in 5 minutes, 55 seconds. Really nice little big man, slightly smaller man dynamic they are going through there. I can't believe they've edited the too sweet thing out. Because... We would have noticed it. I've, I think it was right after a replay. Well, I have seen this yeah. again, and it does. I think we just missed it. It was literally, they cut to a replay of something else. And right when they were coming back, he was doing it. But yeah, have a look out for that if you wind it back. See, that power song was just too sweet. So that sets up the final. It's going to be Tyler Bate against Pete Dunne. Going into that final, who were you backing? Tyler. Tyler. Tyler and his entrance music. <laughs> <laughs> this gets me excited because I every time I think he's going to do a pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's an arm hook. It's an arm hook. Oh my god, he's gonna do it. Yeah, a lot more like sporty based. Oh, great sportsmanship by Wolfgang. The, the, you set them up to raise the winner's hand and stuff, and you made them shake hands at the beginning of the match as well. Look at all the crowd moving there. That was a great shot. Now, they just about miss it here, but at some point, out comes Pete Dunn. Here he is. Now, listen to the reaction Dunn gets here, because all throughout this tournament, even when he was wrestling Mandrews, who's, you know, phenomenal crowd favourite, there's lots of support for Pete, lots of bruise weight chants and stuff. But now here, overwhelming booze. So, you know, you can get over a really well-respected heel yeah. with a crowd like, if you just have this really, really super likeable baby face who they're not going to turn against. Regal! <laughs> Brilliant shit himself. <laughs> oh, I just love his facials all throughout this tournament. It's been terrific. Tyler's selling that his shoulder's gone limp here. It's interesting how it's kind of like World of Sport in a way, with this injury angle. Yeah. Are they going to go through with the final match, you know? You can definitely tell the difference though, can't you? Mm. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, like, like we were saying on our World of Sport show, there were some that were disappointed that it wasn't in an old hall or theatre like this. Yeah. It definitely helps the atmosphere, I think. Yeah, 100%. This show is a lot more... Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, this show is a lot more competitive-based than World of Sport, I think. Ah, oh, now, if you listen to this point here, the crowd are chanting at the people with the wolfies having the party sign. They're like, where's your party gone? Which I thought was really, really harsh, because again, Wolfie didn't... This is right after Wolfie did that big sign of respect, shaking Tyler's hand and stuff. Just seemed a bit harsh and senseless for me. So Nigel and Cole questioning the outcome of the match here. No worries. Asteroid boys. I found it really weird that this is an actual song. This sounds like a more of a generic Jim Johnson thing. I quite liked the um, the song. Oh, Crabtree is in the crowd here. He's a rugby player apparently and he's the nephew of Big Daddy. 
and Darren Flex is there as well. That's right in the corner where Kean was sat, actually. He got a pick with Darren Flexion. <laughs> I love that. He captains West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Robbie Brookside were out earlier, they were like, oh, he's very happy. His team won at the football. He loves the Everton. <laughs> oh, it's Footy Never Lake! <laughs> Did you recognise the start of his theme? Um, only because I knew Neville was in the building. Well, yeah. I think that it was Neville, but yeah, the, it wasn't the right same entrance. No, it wasn't the same cut. So it seems like they have sort of remixed his theme because he's a heel now, but they've still got the bass bit, so I'm still happy. Yeah, Neville had a new t-shirt that debuted this tournament. Is out of the merch stands. Uh, pretty limited range of things for merch and that. So other than Neville's shirt, there was a tournament general shirt saying like I was here. There was stuff from Finn Bauer, like his sleeves and face mask and one of his shirts, because he was around for one of the meet and greets on Saturday. There was William Regal's shirt, and Kyle, do you want to tell the audience which shirt you bought? There was a Triple H shirt. There's a fucking Triple H shirt! <laughs> Best shirt on the stand. So weird hearing Neville enunciating his promos. You think he'd be like, it seems someone's been forgotten again, like! <laughs> he is jacked. Do you reckon if they weighed him, he's actually under 205? Well, Not a chance. Well, I don't know. He's only like 5'7 or something. I bet he's 204. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he's fine. Like, you remember Matt Hardy when he was being the cruiserweight? Well, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, he's right on the 220 pound mark. He's fine. In general, they you know, tend to, especially in the WWE, they tend to overbill people's weights anyway. Yeah. So a lot of people, like Shawn Michaels always got billed at 230 pounds. He was never 230 pounds. Like, he'd be lucky to be 200 pounds mm. at points in his career. Ooh. So he's saying he's so good he would have just been the outright winner if he was invited to this tournament. So that's why he's been overlooked again. Mm. Neville's going to be taking on Rich Swan for the Cruiserweight title at the Royal Rumble. Really looking forward to that match. Mm. I'm hoping they'll get a bit of time to wrestle there. Now what's this? Oh wow! Out comes Tommy End. The newest NXT purchase. Yeah, very recent NXT signee. So he's synonymous with Progress mostly and Revolution Pro and ICW and all sorts of promotions here in England as well as Europe like WXW in Germany. Uh, 
he's one of the guys I really, really got into when I first looked into the indie scene. Like, um, you know that Progress show you watched it was a free on YouTube. Yeah. He wrestled El Ligero in that match. I really, really loved him. And I've been keen to follow him since. He's been at, I think, pretty much all of the Manchester shows I've been to for Progress. And he actually wrestled for Progress in Birmingham this same night as well. He um, he was a mystery opponent for Jimmy Havoc. And he lost. He did the right thing, put the you know, actual domestic talent over. See, when Tommy End came out, um, I had quite a few ideas swirling in my head. One of them which, if they did it right, they could bring the European title back. Mm. And you could have your European talent as well. Because he's Dutch, isn't he? He is, yes. He's from the Netherlands. You see here, nice little exchange there. It's very weird how he's wrestling as Tommy End right after they recently renamed him. Yeah, in NXT. Yeah, so he, he goes by Alistair Black now. He's not wrestled for NXT on television yet, but he wrestles on their house shows. Yeah, there's a rumour that he could be a member of um, Sanity. Um, oh, right. But it's it's whether they go down that route. Because at the moment, Ty Dillinger and Sanity have got a little feud. A feud, yeah. So, Damo's just joined yes. Sanity, hasn't he? <sighs> Very Bray Wyatt-esque. Yeah. Cole said that's classic Tommy End. Not be vintage Tommy End, Cole. Tommy End strikes are always on point. There's also at some point when um, Cole mentions progress, he pronounces it progress. He's kind of outs himself as a New Jersey guy there. I think he's from New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Something that I've learned from this broadcast actually was that Tommy End had been trained by Chris Hero. Right. So I didn't realise that. So the striking stuff kind of makes sense in that. Chris Hero's just uh, re-signed with NXT. They're still going to call him Cassius Ono, unfortunately. That's a terrible name. No, isn't it something to do with um, they want them to create their own history, and that's why they they um, switch the title, uh, they switch the names. Mm. Whereas if they come back to the UK, a bit like Tommy End or Europe, they, they can use the Tommy End, they, they can use their name. Yeah. I mean, like, you make a fair point about them having their own history and, you know, keeping things self-contained. That's a big part of the motivation for this show as well. Like, you know, we've got this great UK independence scene. 
they want their own chunk of it they want you know an audience that is passionate about different kinds of wrestlers but would still want to look to WWE for some entertainment it's going to be very interesting to see how they move forward with this yeah if they go beyond just this tournament oh fuck up here so Charlie Caruso is giving us an update on Tyler Bates condition and they accidentally played the audio to the crowd here so lots of you fucked up Botchamania and the best one there's a chant coming up I think is you're getting sacked in the morning yeah that's a very British chant quite wise to wrestle with a bit more downtime as the crowd gets over the mess up they've been really slick together in this match I thought so far Neville's pretty decent with his strikes as well this is exactly why I I picked Neville as my most improved <clears throat> from beginning of last year to now mm. Just seems like a different wrestler. Yeah, this is the first time I'd actually properly... Oh, boy. Kick out of mid-air. It's the first time I've actually properly seen him wrestle since he turned heel. And, like, I've, on, I, I've only been aware of, like, how he's upped the intensity with his like, facial expressions and his promos and things. It's really good to see that track that carries over into the ring as well. I'm trying to answer the 10 count here. Again, Tommy N predominantly with the strikes. It all sounds like it hurts. Oh, look out here. Again, nice little Kota Ibushi esque. Triple dive moonsault. See, when Michael Cole says about um, Tommy Enns putting NXT on notice, well, then he's blurring the lines between Tommy End and Alistair Black. Mm. You know, who who's NXT need to be aware of? Tommy End or Alistair Black? Yeah. What a flurry that was. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't think that's what popcorn sounds like, Nigel. Pat, 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 pat. <laughs> it's really weird, like, um, when Wolfie was doing the waist signs, like, oh, tossed him like a sack of spads. Oh, hearing that in an American-based companies. Americans know what spuds are. 
think so. No, Rockstar Spud. Yeah. Like, oh my god, so he's Rockstar Potato? <laughs> oh, that kick right there. Right into a German. One of the progress shows I went to see, uh, Marty Skur was the champion and he was putting out an open challenge. His title wasn't on the line. And Tommy End answered it. And he not they had they made out like he knocked him out with that kick there he just used before that German. So intense. Really good crowd pleasing. Match really. A lot of his work through Europe. Been teaming with this guy called Michael Dante. In the team called the Sumerian Death Squad. They had this thing where they lost a match to the London Riots where the loser must disband. Yeah. So from then on, they kind of pushed Tommy as more of a singles guy. Oh, wow. Beautiful Frankensteiner from the top by Neville. Now, this manoeuvre, I've got a perfect video of it. Absolutely perfect from that angle. That very angle. Why I? British Real! Yeah, anybody following us on Twitter, just go check out our media and it'll be in there. We've got some good, good, good stuff. Insane. Just incredible. So, yeah, never won that match in about 8 minutes, 42 seconds. I thought it was interesting how he finished the match with the Red Arrow, not the Superplex. Yeah. But I... The thing about the red arrow, should it not be a black arrow now? Oh, because red arrows heal uh, his face, isn't it? Red arrow, you know, um, for British people, red arrow means you know the red arrows. So should it not be renamed if he's going heal? Maybe we should legitimately call it British Rail. So if red arrows are like really popular, <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves it, like British institution in terms of transport. They put name it after like some sort of British transport thing that everybody hates makes sense Northern Rail Northern Rail <laughs> oh right <laughs> can I give out about the trains I'm going to give out about the trains here right Northern Rail if you're putting me on trains where you are not going to reserve me a seat please don't ask me do you want a, do you want a table seat do you want an aisle seat because I'm going to expect that you're going to reserve me a seat but no, you fucking didn't. It's a good job your train was fucking empty anyway. I really looked out there. It's like the emptiest part. Calm down. <laughs> wow. Just buy some new trains. So there we go, Neville. Northern Rail. Northern Rail. <laughs> Although he's from Newcastle, so they're, they're operators Transpennines Express. No, it doesn't. Not, got not the same ring to it. So we've got another injury update on Tyler Bates here. He has partially separated his AC joint. Thankfully, his DC is okay. And he's cleared to compete. Do 
Nigel was keen to point out that Pete Dunne has a submission move that takes advantage that, um, that is aimed towards the arm. So he's pointing out that's why that was the focus of his attack. Which I thought was pretty good. I think by this point we knew we were heading into overtime as well. Yeah. Because they were both billed as two-hour shows. Oh, yeah. It's some random heartbeats. I wonder what's going on here. See, when he says, that really confuses me. When Michael Cole said, we heard he was here this weekend. He was here yesterday! Yeah, yeah, pointed yeah. him out in the audience! <laughs> fuck! Well, you see, so you know I mentioned Tommy End was at the Progress Show in Birmingham. Yeah. Finn Balor was at the Progress Show in Birmingham as well. He was there like at the kick-off, the welcoming thing. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not clear to wrestle. And I was like, oh. But I am clear to compete. Like, oh. And he actually played a game of musical chairs with some <laughs> fans in the front row. Brilliant. He lost as well, you know, good old Finn, putting the domestic talent over, as yeah. you should. Ah! Ah! Everyone just got involved with that. So glad to be a part of that. Um, I'd not be able to spot a clear shot of his feet, but apparently he's wearing vans with his suit. Nice style. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look like plain black. They are kind of canvassy, so maybe they are fans. I adore fans. Oh, I got this great pair. It's like um, tan colour with uh, white trimming soles, and it's got like this like African vibe in the inside of the souls as well 7 quid TK Maxx wow very nice wow. he messes up a little bit oh he does at some point yeah wow. 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 so I think this is basically not just playing up to the fact that Tyler needs time to recover because of his injury, but... Okay, spoilers, but... There's like a procession of people that greet the champion coming up and Finn's one of them. So I think they wanted to bring Finn out here so that he doesn't, like, steal the champion's thunder. Oblige is giving the crowd a wave. People asked uh, Finley for a wave as well and he did it. What's your favourite match from the first night? The first night. Mm. Oh, before I carry on, this is where now Blackpool gets really big-headed. We deserve it. Oh no, I kind of cringed at that. We yeah. deserve it. There was a lot of that in the opening of the uh, first night as well. So like the ring announcer like hypes us up. Oh, are you ready? Oh, this is our moment as British fans. We deserve this. And uh, cue that chant. 
Um, yeah, going back to the um, the first night, mm. I'd say Tyler Tucker. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It felt the most competitive match for me. And the, it had the um, the better moves that got me excited. Mm. Like the the punch, the one hook punch. Yeah. Um, the super kick. Oh my word! Pop Tyler Bate into next week. Um, yeah, just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, which of the quarterfinals was your favourite? Quarterfinals. <laughs> I think Wolfie and Trent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That's definitely one of my favourites. I'm kind of torn between that and Tyler and Jordan. Um. Although they were all quite a significant step up from the first round as well, I thought. Oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, this show was really where things stepped off, stepped up into a higher gear. There was a lot of familiarising yourself with people early on. You like how Cole talks about Blackpool being on the Irish Sea? That's ridiculous. Imagine, right, if you're in New York and you're like, Oh, New York on the Atlantic Ocean, you know. Doesn't quite sound natural. So they're going over Pete's journey through this tournament right here. Yeah, probably Trent Wolfie was my favourite as well. And Pete and Mandrews in the semi final. Yeah. Sensational. Up to this point in the show, it was my best match of the weekend. And I was kind of hoping maybe they can pull something out for this final as well. So they're now going over Tyler Bates' journey to the final. <laughs> kick! <laughs> Rolling Liger kick's brilliant as well. Oh, that was beautiful. Monkey flip. So, yes, from what I can gather, these 16 guys have signed one-year deals with the WWE. So, if they move forward with some kind of show based here, it's probably going to be those guys. Because isn't there a basis? Isn't there a bit of a clause in the contract though that as long as it doesn't interrupt with their uh, with the WWE filming, they can still do their British independence. Base. There's certain streaming services they don't want them appearing on either. So the the other big wrestling streaming service other than WWE Network is Flow Slam. Right. So there's a few promotions that have just started up showing up. Um, on there like uh, there's this new startup promotion here called Lucha Forever they were going to book Pete Dunn but they can't um, well I, I think he's going to wrestle them like for them off camera but they can't film his match for Full Flow Slam um, and yeah what culture pro wrestling as well they basically don't want them wrestling for that promotion as well from what I can gather 
because they're on YouTube with a weekly show. But I mean, yeah, since the tournament's taken place, I've seen loads and loads of fresh bookings still advertised, yeah. especially with Fight Club Pro and PCW. Pete Dunn's in for Chris Travis Memorial Tournament yes. for PCW. And I think it might be him that's got Pentagon Jr. in the first round. But yeah, there's loads of people they're happy to have him wrestle for. There's a lot of talk about possibly Progress, OTT and ICW doing content for the WWE Network. Wow. The stank on Regal's face here, I just have to say, is immense. Brilliant, brilliant character work. He looks like he hates Pete Dunne. Sledge, 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 sledgehammer. Tyler's really taking this. He's locked eyes with Dunn. Oh, and there's that Kinesio tape again. It's a half-hearted wave. Well, yeah, because he's injured and he's pissed off at Pete Dunn. That Kinesio tape's spreading like wildfire, like since Cesaro made it sort of WWE canon. I was discussing with one of the lads on Twitter what it was like. It's kind of like um, like the symbiote stuff that Venom's made out of. <laughs> or maybe like, you know, the brain slugs in future armor. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. He's spreading like wildfire. Real again. Oh my god. It's really weird looking at Regal in the ring here because so he's in a red shirt and the way he's positioned in the ring it kind of looks like the middle rope of red socks. Yeah. <laughs> kind of got red socks on legitimately as well oh so the lights go down getting super special announcers history in the making there's that beautiful belt again. Heading for the final match here. Just coming out of this, was there anybody you not really heard of that really caught your eye and impressed you? Um. Hmm. Trying to go back to the other matches. Tucker. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. 
I'd not seen him wrestle or heard of him before and he was brilliant yeah I was shocked to see he was in the dark match for the this second night and um, the guy from the first dark match he was brilliant the guy who did all the flips and um, uh, what was he called Chris Tyler yes he's the one that did all the work yeah they kind of he was the the guy who did the majority of that tag work mm. Wolfgang as well this is my first time seeing him wrestle I was familiar with him because you know he's got a pretty prominent position in ICW yeah it was pretty interesting to me it seemed like there was a little bit of sentiment when he became the champion in ICW that it was a bit of a like anti-climax like you know they're putting the belt on him because they feel he's someone who won't leave like Demo did or something but like going into this tournament the scene of support for him has just been brilliant and he really impressed me I want to see more of him It's very nice we've got a cautious start here. So this is the first match we've mentioned there's no time limit. I think the opening rounds were 15 minutes. Then 20 for the quarterfinals. 30 for the semis. 30 for the semis. So yeah, so they're, they're taking the time here. Obviously Tyler's quite cautious because he's injured. Watching these shows as well has made me realise how much Pete's hair is kind of AJ styling. Yeah. Like he's getting a little bit too big for that cut. He used to put it in a top knot. And naturally, at Progress, anyone wearing a top knot in their hair gets top knot wanker chance. Interesting, Tyler's going for Pete's arm in response to what Dunn's done to him. <laughs> that, that came up a few times on commentary. It's like, is Dunn done yet? <laughs> Sometimes you can hear Cole kind of hesitate. It's like, do I want to make this joke? Oh, I've got to. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. I think an added thing for this match as well is because these two know each other and they do um, they're obviously in, in the stable in progress mm -hmm. the um, chemistry between the two is brilliant oh lovely I love that Owen Hart style escape and go the flip de doos out of the arm ringer You see that he raised his left arm in acceleration, and then he's like, "Oh shit, it's hurt." Tyler, Tyler, wait, Tyler, wait, Tyler, wait. Trent Seven kind of 
played a part in training both these lads as well. Like that's why they're associated as like tag team partners. Yeah, on the billing for Tyler Bate, it says trained by um, trained by Trent Seven and um, Dave Mastiff. Mm. There's a few different wrestlers getting shouted out as trainers. Like um, Roy Johnson, he's a graduate of Progress's dojo. Right. And they specifically mentioned Jimmy Havoc and Daryl Allen. I think it's really important if you're a UK promotion that you look into setting up your own wrestling school at this point. Because the talent has really, really proved themselves over the past two or three years. So they're going to be really in demand. So you don't know when someone like WWE or New Japan is going to swoop in for them. The progress has been really keen on putting their guys in, in the mix. Pastor William Eva, he was trained by progress. This brawl here on the outside. Oh, fantastic slugfest. They're talking about street fights in Blackpool. Being there overnight, over the weekend, it's a heck of a lot quieter than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not really got the spark that it used to have. No. A lot of the architecture is really. You can tell the bars closed now. I think it needs a bit of love. And attention, yeah, kind of bring it back up to date. I made sure to get me some uh, Blackpool Rock. When in Rome. When in Rome, exactly. I really wanted to um, like the, the trams now are just regular bog standard modern trams, but they do do this, <laughs> do do. <laughs> there is. <laughs> They do do do. Do do do. <laughs> done is done and do do. <laughs> Done's done do do. <laughs> Don't buy. Um, there, there is this like vintage tram tour where they put you on the old double decker ones. But like going off the pamphlet I found in my hotel, it's not open again until March now, which is a bit of a shame. It would have been running Sundays anyway, which is. It would have been the day to be free for it. That'd be some Harry Ramsdens as well for tea Saturday night. Can't beat a good Harry Ramsdens. Oh wow! Exploded suplex. think that's probably the one bugbear people have about this match there's some logic holes in terms of you know the condition of Tyler's shoulder yeah like when he's hauling 
people up and stuff. I see he's going for the Tyler driver here. I see his arms knackered here. Oh, fuck. It's the first time we've seen someone scout that Liger kick as well. Oh, brilliant. Small package. Out of the bitter end. Nigel's really been putting that move over on commentary. Like, he, like how he can't see anyone getting up if it gets hit. Good old airplane spin. <laughs> oh, I love that cell. Just powers back up, like, no, I'm going to do it again. What about the guys who you vaguely heard something about? Did they live up to your expectations? Um, definitely did. Definitely. Um, obviously, the past few shows we've always talking, well, we've always spoken about the independents and how good the independents are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they definitely lived up to what I what I expected of them from what I'd heard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said earlier, when I've been seeing these guys live, it's mostly been in tag matches and, and multi, multiple man matches. So it's really been a look at the strength from Tyler here. Yeah, it's really been nice to see them get like dedicated time in singles matches and to see what they can do there. I think really these two, these pair of shows have been pretty tremendous showing in general. Now this is the dive of the night, one hundred percent dive of the night, unbelievable. When you think about Tyler Bates' style, yeah, this is not the kind of thing you'd imagine him doing. No, not at all. Complete shock when I saw it. I was just like, whoa. Pete's completely out of it here. Get ready, folks. Here it comes. Unbelievable. Holy Lord. See, that's like a Ricochet, Will Ospreay type thing. You know, you expect those kind of athletes to do it. What's it going for here? Oh, my Lord. 450 double stomp. You'd easily see that as finishing someone. Oh, yeah. In another match. Yeah. Here it is on the replay. 
This is the first real This Is Awesome chant for the weekend, really. Yeah. Usually when there's been positive spells of wrestling, it's been like British wrestling. It's what people would chant. Ah, this is the one and only tease of Pete doing his biting stick. Oh, but it's the bitter end instead. Kicked out! Lovely expression on Pete Dunne's face there. Yeah, usually when Pete takes his mouth guard off, he like goes to bite people. Now, at this point, I couldn't tell Pete had a submission on being in the audience. I know I said, well, we're pretty much all standing up at this point, so it's a bit too hard to see that low into the ring. So I could just about see it because I had the, the space of the, the um, turnbuckle because nobody was sat on the diagonal of the turnbuckle. Yeah, so you're kind of like more caught more to the corner, weren't you? Yeah. So Pete's got this like Kimura thing on. It's good to see a few progress shirts in the crowd. Those two lads in the front row in Fallout hoodies. Yeah. This <laughs> looks spot on for like the the pit boy, pit boy. Yeah, Dave noticed it. Um, the guy who I sat with um, when we were walking out, they were walking in front of us. Oh, right. And we, we had our Finn Balor tops on matching. Yeah. And they had their Fallout tops on matching. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my Bailey top first night and I had a macho man top on the next night. I did wonder about bringing my progress top. God, the timing here is great. Tyler Bate pulls off a second rope bounce better than Dean Ambrose. Yeah, because it's a lot more natural in terms of the momentum yeah. for your body. This could be it here. Listen, to this crowd. Oh my lord! Incredible. There you have it. There's your winner. Tyler Bate is the first WWE United Kingdom champion. Beating Pete Dunne in 15 minutes, 10 seconds. In what's got to be a classic match.
yeah, I must stress my love for Pete versus Andrews earlier on because that gets overlooked because this match is just such a good quality. But yeah, absolutely, this is the best match all weekend. Yeah. Um, going back to what I was saying a few matches ago when I said, oh, I can't really say anything because it's a spoiler. Yeah. Um, the they're doing a UK champion winner um, like tour so right. Tyler Bate I'm, I'm guessing WWE have given him um, the licence to take the belt with him and he's doing like a tour like, with the mm. independence with his belt yeah I really hope we get some of that like he gets to defend it in different promotions yeah, mm. from the sounds of it I mean, I'm hoping this is what the whispers about these independent promotions being on the network is. Like, lots of people are hearing this and taking ICW being on the network, meaning, like, their entire back catalogue and things, all their shows going forward, which would mean it kind of restrict what talent they could use. It's like, there's people like Bram and that that still wrestle for TNA. It's like, ooh... If you're on the network, is there going to be a conflict there? But I don't know. We're just going to have to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, Tyler! <laughs> it's your man! Triple H! Triple H! See, the real winner of tonight oh, fuck. is Triple H. <laughs> He's the real winner. I couldn't find it. There's one point... Um, Someone was filling out the tournament brackets and they crossed out all of the competitors and put Triple H in every one of them. Perfect. And put Triple H <laughs> proceeding in every single round. <laughs> I'm definitely wanted to show it you before we got travelling for the weekend, but I just couldn't find it again. There we go. Guessed it right. I said that he would call this. Yeah, the- absolutely. Just like TJ Perkins. The thing is, though, the belt is so big. Like, it covers this old trunk, so it kind of looks like it's naked underneath it. <laughs> Perfect for the sledgehammer music. <laughs> sledgehammer! So, Finley, Finn Balor, and William Regal are out, as well as, of course, all hail King Hunter. Yes. His beard's kind of going all grizzly redwood now, as well. Yeah. So, yeah, him, Cole, and. Maybe Neville as well. They all rushed over Monday night to get working for Raw as well. Quite a lot of dedication there, to say the least. Oh, now coming up we have something Dave called as well. I think it's when they leave him alone in the ring. Do you know what? I love that about Triple H? He leaves them and he just went, come on guys. And everybody else follows him. <laughs> yes! He's the boss. They know which side of their <laughs> bread is put. <laughs> yeah, so closings, we see the celebrations here. Oh, we're going to get the confetti here. Dave spotted one of the dispensers when we were at the bar. We're trying to find where the other one was. Yeah. It turns up they're both like camera side. Yeah, as we're watching the celebrations here, what did you make of this weekend as a whole then? This weekend, summing it up in words, 
absolutely amazing. Um, I really, really hope that we get to see this every month at least. Yeah. Um, I just loved it. The the journey there. Um, you know, me and Dave talking about what matches we we were looking forward to, what we what we enjoyed. Speaking with you because you obviously know more independent wrestlers and then being there and seeing everybody the atmosphere that was there you know when we went to Nando's there were so many people that had the wrestling tops on and, mm. you know it just seemed like Blackpool shut down for a night and it was just WWE yeah. it, was, it was amazing it was fantastic I felt that way being in Weatherspoons going in for a nightcap after the first night as well you just sat with someone and you find them and they're into wrestling too and then you kind of hear into other people's conversations around you and it's all wrestling it's fantastic need I ask MVP of that not Triple H <laughs> damn it damn it <laughs> God. I'm gonna say Pete Dunne I know Tyler Bate won and Tyler Bate was my favourite throughout the whole thing mm. but for me the MVP has got to be Pete Dunne because I think he played the big bad heel brilliantly and I think that he he was a good choice to keep that storyline bubbling all the way through from the first night all the way to the last match and yeah for me he he was the MVP do you think him being such a strong antagonist helped out with the support for Tyler as well yeah totally I mean like you said with the first night they were all still on Dunn's side but for everyone to get behind Tyler kind of brought Pete Dunne into the the mix mm. it was, yeah yeah you kind of saw that progression as well with his opponents in terms of their support so like Roy Johnson maybe not everyone's familiar with him but then they moved Pete onto the hometown guy and you know there's a bit more distension then and then they moved on to Mark Andrews who's one of the most internationally renowned guys in the whole tourney and he just wrestles like a natural baby face and so then by the time he came out and attacked Tyler post his semi-final it just kind of built and built because again great character work really really shine the spotlight on him they could make him a really big star out of this I suppose for balance since you picked Pete I should pick Tyler because still I think he wrestled most consistently excellently throughout the show just such a natural baby face he had this star presence about him like his poise in the ring like how he was able to carry out his manoeuvres and how he was able to keep the crowd involved and things like that it was just all great hopefully he's going to be a really really big star for the next decade plus yeah fingers crossed there is a rumour that they were going to have the champion maybe pop into the rumble into the rumble never know well speaking of the rumble next time (laughs) hopefully next time we'll be with you we'll be talking Royal Rumble and it will be episode number 10 We started with the rumble. So in a year we will have done ten episodes. It was yeah, it was the thirteenth of February. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I set it as our birthday on the the Twitter. So guys, thirteenth of February is our birthday. (laughs) If there's anything you would like to do for us, that'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean in all seriousness, I'm really keen to be on the lookout for some artwork and stuff. I know I use a lot of generic shots and things in our episode artwork but if you know if there's any really talented art- artists out there who'd maybe like to draw something for us for a bit of promotion or you know give us a quote or something yeah that'd be brilliant 
that'll wrap everything up then. The easiest place to follow all of our comings and goings is on Twitter, at TNW Podcast. You can see a whole bunch of our photos and stuff, and that video of Nev's Red Arrow, if you go and look, at our, look on our media. We're also on Facebook, give us a like, and let's say if we get more than 20 likes, we'll figure something out to do with Facebook. The easiest place to catch up with all of our past episodes so far is on SoundCloud. Search for TNW on SoundCloud. I've got a playlist of all of our past episodes so far. You might have missed some of the stuff we did over the Christmas period. We walked into the other big event in terms of British wrestling. It's the return of World of Sport. And we also look back on what we liked and didn't like over 2016. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you feel like giving us a five-star review to help us out and get us pushing up into people's awareness a bit more, that would be lovely. We really love hearing from you guys whenever you like anything on Twitter and things like that. So, yeah, please keep in touch and keep a lookout for our next episode. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Thanks a lot, everyone. So it's a goodbye from Kyle. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. I'll catch you down the road.